Hello, listeners. You're li- I know I can't start with hello, listeners, because it's your listening. What the fuck? What the fuck? No, I'm not doing this episode. I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm done. It's over. It's over. I'm gone. I'm going. I'm leaving now. <laughs> God, you're such a diva. You've got to convince me to come back. Um, you're you're the best podcaster I've ever worked with, Kieran. Tell me I'm valued. You're you're a really valued member of this podcasting team. All right, I've come back. Mm. <laughs> 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 oh, it's good to start as you mean to go on, isn't it? Um, yeah. Hello, everyone, and you're listening to episode 15 of Four Minute Movies Alienated, a podcast talking about the 1979 movie Alien in approximately eight minute chunks, presented by me, Kieran, and him, Peter. <laughs> you did say, did you realize you said four minute movies? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's in the, what you see, it's because, right? Yeah. Right. What, what's happened here right. is, is this episode is about four minutes long. Okay. And, and also of that episode, basically three minutes is great <laughs> you just said it so casually but i wasn't prepared for it and yes i i know right i wanted to throw you off right from the beginning of the podcast and i and, and i succeeded you, in my goal <laughs> you did you've instilled in me a sense of unease which will surely persist throughout the podcast <laughs> uh yeah so, so before we talk about anything i feel like we spoke about this in the green room mm. and it, I think we've made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> this, this shouldn't be a whole, ep- like what, what we're, what we're doing is ending this three month long podcast voyage on a sort of anticlimactic womp. <laughs> yes. We're ending with a bit of a whimper, uh, but but hey, we've thought about it, and we think next time, if if we think there's not enough material to go on, uh, we'll just fold it into the previous yeah, eight, see, eight minutes. It didn't come up when we were watching uh, the thing, because the last four, four minutes-ish of that were credits, so we just rolled them into the previous episode. Yeah. But what I think we'll do in future is, if there's four minutes or more of video left it can have its own episode like half of half of one of our nuggets one of our movie nuggets and it can have its own episode this doesn't really warrant that <laughs> not including credits <laughs> not include not in, no 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 just like actual actual movie content unless unless there's like a you know a thing after the credits that we have to stay for Ooh. you know what i'm not gonna ding you for that um well, good, because... Oh, shit, now that we're not explaining the rules every time, does that mean the game is on every time? The game is always on. Oh, God. I'm getting that bell out whenever you visit now. <laughs> Steady on, old chap. Um, <laughs> you should, should be glad it's not the other bell. <laughs> That's a little oh, in-joke there's, there. There's a, there's a deep joke. I think we mentioned it on the podcast. There's a, yeah. there's a deep cut joke for the listeners listen to the old ones if you want to get that <laughs> um <laughs> oh my god um yeah um i i've since doing this podcast right i've i've been in conversation with people who've listened to the podcast mm. and i've used the word thing and they've said ding to me verbally wow and i'm like this is hell what have i what have i set myself up for what like <laughs> especially now that apparently some people are listening to the podcast not like a ton but 
more people than we are directly aware of through knowing them. Yeah, uh, um, here's a thing you can do for us listeners. Mm. Um, I'm going to ding you on that one, sorry. Ding. Fuck you. Um, (laughs) Here's an instance you can do for us listeners. Uh, um, Go out and recruit one other person to listening to this podcast. Imagine this podcast has an R number of one. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, I don't know, just, just casually print the whole thing out and leave it on a co-worker's desk <laughs> yeah no uh, uh, genuinely though if you would know someone who you think might get a kick out of listening to this I don't know what sort of person that would be but presumably this is enjoyable to some people <laughs> honestly honestly it's not it, we're not even fussy about it being something that they'll like they just have to listen to it because then the number goes up and if the number goes up i receive dopamine mm. that's all i want and the number has sort of gently gone up a bit which which is nice it's nice yeah when the number goes up. it's uh, uh it, it means we've got to have a difficult third album after this one but maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves yes um so how am i how, how are you, Peter? <laughs> I am. Uh, <laughs> we're going back to this way around this time. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm fr- I'm, uh, you've instilled in me a sense of unease that will uh, <laughs> presumably last throughout the remainder of the podcast. Yes, uh, I am. Uh, I, I've been to the dentist. I'm a little bit numb from the dentist because I had a, a little procedure done. Would you say you're the embodiment of the 2009 Linkin Park single "Numb"? Uh, I would say I was a few hours ago. Now that's kind of uh, fading, somewhat, and I'm just a, uh, I'm just a little bit odd around the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I, you're a dear friend, and I never want you to die. But when you do die, I'm going to have that put on your tombstone. I just, just a little bit odd around the mouth. <laughs> Okay, I, I'm trying to think of the situation where you'd have the authority to have that arranged. But, I'm, um, I, I need you to fill in some forms that give me power of attorney. <laughs> look, if you can make that happen, then feel free. I'm not going to care. Cha- um, challenge accepted. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's not... I, I've never been too nervous in, uh, in, in the dentist, but... Um, I was, I was in the uh, in the old chair for quite a long time, and it's just not comfortable. The mm. most comfortable part, weirdly, is the teeth. the The bits that get uncomfortable are the having to have my mouth open for a long time, yeah, and just getting neck ache from being in a chair for a while. Do they make you hold the sucky tube? No, no, they have uh, the the assistant held the sucky tube actually. Um, <sighs> And uh, they, the my problem is I've got I've got a fairly small mouth. I would say I would I, I would say I've got a smaller than average mouth. Would you say it's unusually small? I wouldn't say like I'm a, a mutant in the mouth world. Uh, <laughs> oh, that that'd be a great title for a fifties comic. <laughs> but uh, I would say it's it's smallish mouth uh, and. I've and when I speak and do other things, I don't open my jaw very wide. So, so oh, you can't with your tiny mouth. No, it's it's the si- size of a ten p piece. Physical limits. Um, and so 
I'm always getting the impression that I'm not opening my mouth to the satisfaction of the dentist to the <laughs> point that eventually she puts this kind of device in my mouth to hold my mouth open and that's probably the solution that is best because I just cannot maintain the kind of openness that she wants from this but it's so uncomfortable because <laughs> I'm just I'm at constant like screaming in agony <laughs> level of mouth openness just for <laughs> half an hour and it, it's it's really yeah really not nice um, just, just imagine you're doing that really long note that Pavarotti was famous for um yeah um <laughs> and yet because of all the numbness I, the actual procedure itself i i barely feel a thing it's um <laughs> oh, so it's a very weird sort of discomfort and uh as we were talking about in the green room then you get start getting talked at by the dentist oh yeah no sorry i'm going to cut you off here because mm. this this is this is one of my pet peeves, all right? So you're lying down in the dentist chair, mm -hmm. and uh, they are they are wrist deep in your mouth, right? Like you know, um, you, your head is being held open by a number of devices. There's like a number of tubes sucking goo straight out of your head. They're in there with the crucifix or whatever things things with insane names jabbing around in your gums, and then they start asking you questions. Yeah, and you're like. I can't answer these questions. I need to use my my mouth to answer the questions, and yet you have stapled my tongue to the bottom of my jaw. Um. <laughs> so at one point, <laughs> you're absolutely right. At one point, she asks me because the assistant was talking about it. Do you do you use TikTok? I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I make a kind of negative sound. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I, I, my instinct is to want to contribute to this conversation <laughs> in a more meaningful way. What I want to say is, oh, well, no, but you know, if you do more power to you, it's not really. I'm not really in the demographic for that. I think I've kind of aged myself out yeah, of yeah. TikTok, but it it, it seems fine <laughs> if, you're, if you're into it. I don't have anything against it. Um, uh, but she's like interpreting my no as no, and I hate TikTok and everything it stands for. I'm like, okay, fair enough. You, you that's the stance I took apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, going to the dentist can be can be an experience. I um, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I didn't go to the dentist for a long time. Like I, I sort of had a bit of a phobia, basically because my my previous dentist was a was a monster. Um, <laughs> I won't get into that too much. But um, it, it'd been about eight years since I've been to the dentist. Like this was a bunch of years ago now. Mm. And um, I went I went in, and um, well, uh, they were like, okay, well, we need to give you like three fillings. And I was like, okay. And they were like, well, we're going to inject you like to numb you so that you you won't the fillings won't hurt you and i was like okay well fine do that and it's the first time i've ever been anesthetized mm. so they injected me and they were like right it takes about 15 20 minutes to work so you go and sit in the waiting room and we'll like do the next person and then you can come back in and i'm like okay so i went and sat in the waiting room and 
during that time, I realized that the numbness was spreading up, like from my top lip up my face. Mm. I like, and, and my nose had gone completely numb. Oh, I've had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was sitting there sort of gently prodding my nose over and over because I'd, I'd never experienced total, like it's such so weird, like the sudden yeah. absence of a body part. And then I looked around and everyone in the waiting room was looking at me. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know whether they've started using something else now, but it was really fast acting in the last, because uh, I've had a, needed a couple of things done and, and it's been really really fast acting compared to what because i remember the same thing as you being injected with some stuff and then being asked to sit in the waiting room that's how it used to go but this time it was like they inject me with something and then within five minutes they're doing the thing um which seems scary because i feel like i want it to have more time to kick (laughs) in because how can it (laughs) i probably have different ones yeah but it's taken almost immediate um effect and then it carries on having that effect for about four hours after that <laughs> uh it's yeah it's a very weird sensation which i um, i don't entirely love but i <laughs> guess i love it more than incredible dental pain but yeah i was in the same situation i basically left it too long and then the last couple of years happened i was like well mm. i'll have to wait a bit longer still then right. even though i knew there was probably some stuff that needed a bit of attention. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's all my fault. I I I've I've brought my terrible dental situation upon myself. <laughs> but I think I'm uh I I I think I'm in back in the in, in the in the clear again now. I'm Good. I, I've decided to maybe look after myself a bit. Yeah, my advice is set reminders, uh, yeah. and then you know you can't you can't miss it. Yeah. So, um, so on this same trip, the first trip to the dentist in you know almost a decade, okay. I uh, the dentist were like, and we know you haven't been for a while, and it's nerves, right? You're you're very nervous, and I'm I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I explained what the situation was for, for was, and they were like, all right, so don't don't really relax. You know, you won't feel, you won't feel any pain. Everything will be fine. And so they 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 lay. They were very very kind, like very trying to set me up and you know make sure I was calm and everything. And they, so they they sat me down in the chair and the chair descended and all that. Mm. And um, they le- they leaned in towards me and I'm I'm lying there and I'm I'm like this this is fine. Like I'm I'm at my ease. I'm calm. It's it's really good. I'm glad I'm getting this problem sorted out. All these fillings. And um, she leaned in close with the drill, and she pressed the button to, that makes it go whee, you know like to spin up. Mm-hmm. And the head of the drill shot off and and shot across the room and it shot past my face, just missing my nose and uh, <laughs> shot off into the corner of the room. And uh, she said, oh, that almost never happens. <laughs> <laughs> Later, after they got me down off the ceiling. <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't have written it in a sitcom, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're powered by compressed air and you can change the heads and I don't think the head was properly on. <laughs> uh, almost never happens. Probably won't happen when it's in your mouth or anything. <laughs> <laughs> if it does, try not to swallow. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> How are you, anyway? What have you been up to in the last 
couple of days. No, don't don't, don't give them the impression that it hasn't been weeks since we recorded the last episode. <laughs> I'll have to edit that out. <laughs> no, uh, I've I've been doing good. I have been playing Halo. Oh, but, more Halo, but not Halo Infinite. Oh, oh kind of have you been playing? Given Sorry. up on that for now. Sorry. Sorry, I talked over you. So start your thing again. Uh, say which have you been playing, and I can. Which have you? Maybe not which. Maybe not which. That that was a bit of a. My lip is still slightly numb. Problem. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Which have you been playing? Ah, I kind of gave up on Infinite for the moment because I think they're going to be rebalancing, like you know, the the XP progression stuff, and I I want to sit that whole thing out and just join yeah. back in when it's ready. Um, but I've been trying to play through all of the Halos, Halai, Halo pods, uh, until um, so I can get back up to date with the story um oh, yeah. which i think we mentioned last time is absolutely fucking bananas um <laughs> and yeah so i'm i'm what i've realized as they go on is that the campaigns get less and less fun <laughs> with each game like mm-hmm. halo halo 1 is is great it's great fun to play through halo 2 is very good halo 3 is all right halo 4 which is the one i'm on at the moment i just feel like i'm turning a crank handle <laughs> like um Labeled progression, and eventually, at some point, maybe I'll reach the end of the game. I mean, when it starts becoming a bit of an obligation, well, I've started, <laughs> so I've got to finish. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly mm. it. Um, I've just reached the point in the plot where uh, Princess Leia has edited my DNA. Um, mm. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I said it last time, but um, I. The more you talk about it, the less I think I've got to play those other sequels. Mm. Well, um, the reason I, I was thinking about it is that they have just released a new trailer. Well, I guess it's like the first trailer for the uh, campaign mode in um, Halo Infinite. All right. And um, uh, yeah, looks good. Uh, there are people in it talking about things I don't understand, which is, uh, well, they're talking about the banished who are the bad guys in Halo Infinite. Okay. And uh, as I understand it, the um the banished were introduced in Halo Wars 2, uh which is oh. a, a sequel to the real-time strategy game Halo Wars uh, which I haven't played. So um Ooh, I remember that existing. Yeah, a, a lot of people I think are watching um all of the Halo Wars cutscenes cut together on YouTube. <laughs> Uh, rather than try and play through uh, uh, an RTS, yeah, just to, just to figure out who these guys are. I, I mean, I, I like an occasional RTS, I guess, but I'm not going to play that. I mean, it's definitely reached the point where at the start they need a previously on Halo. Um. Yeah, I think that for quite a few people, this is probably going to be the first, the first Halo yeah. in a while, or even ever. 20 years since the yeah. um since the first one came out people playing it definitely weren't born yeah. <laughs> when halo one came out but this one feels like it's a little bit different they're doing mm. they're doing something a bit different from the last few games yeah they're, um it it feels like something that i might be interested in playing 
Mm. Well, I mean, I, I've always gone back to the campaigns, but I, I'd sort of been ignoring this one, right? Because I have no intention to buy another Xbox. Because um, I bought an Xbox One to play Halo 4 and 5. And uh, then I didn't do anything with it. I bought a console, played two games on it, and it just sat there not doing anything for years and years and years. Mm. Speaking of Halo 5, right, I had a revelation the other day where I was talking to a friend of mine. I was like, oh, I've never played Halo 5. And like, he went to look at my Xbox 360 gamer profile thing, right? right. And I, I have. I've played Halo 5 all the way through. I've got, I've got all the achievements for, for starting the game, playing it through to completion. So I was like, I just don't remember any of the plot, anything that happens at all. <laughs> well, you know... <laughs> That maybe says something about Halo 5. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm like, Halo 4 I'm playing through, and I'm like, you're right, I remember the story beats, like, you know, we're going to go here, we're going to do this, Princess Leia's going to edit my DNA. And um, Halo 5, I just nothing, it's just a total blank. <laughs> yeah, I, I, feel like, uh, I feel like when you don't remember a game, maybe... Are you are you really going to play through Halo Four and Halo Five again? Well, I can't play through Halo Five because it's the only one that's not been ported to PC. Ah, okay. So I'm, I mean, I could, but it involved turning that goddamn Xbox back on, and it hasn't been switched on in six years. So I'm like, if I switch my Xbox One on, um, will it be able to cope with this distant future year? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, if it, like, if the first time you played it, it meant so little to you that you <laughs> were convinced that you hadn't played it <laughs> how much are you going to get out of it this time yeah <laughs> yeah maybe maybe it's a watch the cutscenes kind of deal um yeah i i've tried reading the synopsis of them online and they they're unreadable gibberish anyway so <laughs> have you read the halo 5 synopsis no 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 not yet because um, I'd be curious as to any of it if any of it even rings a bell when you read it. Well, you go you go to the home world of the elites, and I was like, oh, I think I would have remembered that, but nope, no, nothing, mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, oh well, um, I guess this isn't a ring endorsement of Halo, but I, I feel sorry for them because, like, you know, Halo the halo series is like incredibly highly regarded and you know what gamers are like yeah so um being told here make a halo game that's as good as the pre previous three um we've wrapped up the storyline so you have to invent a new one like you know i, w- I wouldn't want to be put in that situation but um i think 343 did well but uh yeah in fairness, it might have just been a kind of wrong time sort of thing because I know sometimes there's I I watch something or I play something which in theory I think I should be enjoying, but it's mm. just <clears throat> I'm not in the place for it. So maybe there was an element. Yeah, that yeah, maybe, maybe well. that. Um, like uh, actually, at the moment, I'm I'm reading a book which I, I know you like. Um, Ra called Ra. Yeah, I'm reading mm. Ra. Uh, and I'm getting a bit lost, I'll be honest. Um, I'm about, I, I'm probably about halfway through it or something like that. And the plot has gone in several different directions and I'm having trouble focusing at this point in, on what's going on. And I don't know whether that's because at the moment I can't tell whether it's because I'm going off the story a bit or whether it's just that I'm not in the right mental 
space for it or or whatever. I did. I I was enjoying it at the start, at least. Mm. So I, I don't know if I've I don't know if we spoke about Ra before, but like uh, Ra by Quantum um, is a sci-fi book I encountered earlier this year, and it, I thought it was absolutely excellent. Like. Um, uh, I'll get to the writing style being a bit weird in a minute, but um, uh, I thought I wouldn't like it at all because um, the initial... Um, I don't really like fancy books. And the initial premise of it is what if magic was discovered in 1971? Like, as a as an additional, you know, physical force, like a, an another rule of the universe that we haven't just discovered up until that point. Yeah. And... Um, it the story carries on from there and so i read it because i've read all the other authors other books and I, I really enjoyed all of them and i was like well all right maybe i'll enjoy the fantasy one and like it goes places it's got all these twists and turns and it ends like it goes through places that i didn't guess it would go through at all and it's got a really cool ending and i was like okay i really 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 enjoyed this book however it was originally published as a series of blog posts on the author's website. And um, the author uh, regularly contributes to the SCP Foundation stuff. Mm. So they're used to writing in that sort of short prose style. And how Ra works is it's uh, there are chapters, but they often jump around from like character to character, and there's often seemingly no connection between these chapters until yeah. about the middle of the book where they all start being tied up together into one sort of cohesive narrative and um i don't know i just, i really enjoyed it but i do i do get where you're getting from where you can reach a certain point in this book and you're like what is happening yeah and, and i think that's where i got to is i cuz first of all the story it, it it's told fairly straightforwardly but then it it gets to a point where it starts jumping around quite a lot and uh I was just reading a bit of it yesterday and thinking I am so lost about <laughs> who these people are and what they're doing. Yeah. And uh I'm going to try and power through I think. Um uh, uh because I I feel like you know I definitely was enjoying it and I think uh, I uh, I'm enjoying the writing style enough that I want to uh, want to continue with it but I just hope that it gets to the point where it kind of clicks again for me yeah um slide into my dms i um uh, i i've read the book about four times now i can probably help you out yes um uh, but, uh, it might be a difficult conversation because i never remember <laughs> names of characters as well so i'll be like uh, who's the guy with the stuff yeah <laughs> uh I, I mean, listeners, I would go and check it out because uh, I thought it was a great read. Uh, there is another book by the same author called um, Fine Structure, which is the same but like worse from that point of view because it jumps around in like um, massive periods of time as well. Mm. So um, you can be left really, really confused about the uh, the structure of it. But at the end of the day, I enjoyed reading all the author's stuff. Mm. So. Um, yeah, I would recommend it. I know people that I've recommended it to who've read it and enjoyed it. So uh, maybe yeah. it's just a you know a, a, a fluke. But the other thing that it might be, which uh, is, is that I'm having to read this with with my face, with my eyes, like mm. looking at it. 
Yeah. And, and um, I'm not that used to that at the moment. I've been uh, I've been on audiobooks for a while, mm. um, just because I have noticed, and I think I might have sp- spoken about this before, but I, I've sort of noticed that I pay attention a little bit better in in that format. Um, I'm I've always been a very fast reader, mm. and I've kind of got into a habit of skim reading a lot. Right, and I feel like I miss out on details because I I don't really notice that I'm doing it because I'm getting the gist, you know, as I'm skimming through, and as long as I'm getting the gist, I'm happy until I realize, mm. oh, you know, there's like a whole chunk of paragraphs yeah. there where I really wasn't taking in any of the detail. I was just, yeah, oh, this person's there talking to this other person. That's fine. I basically know what's going on. Skin, 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 and uh, and I don't. I don't necessarily think that's a good way to read because you're missing out <laughs> on a lot of the kind of actual uh, language and prose yeah. and, uh, and, uh, and 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 details. Uh, so I found that when I'm listening to an audio book, that well, that doesn't really let me skip. I can tune out. I can. Uh, maybe stop paying attention but i can't just actively skim my way through it yeah so that that you bring that up is interesting because i can't read a book the first time in audiobook form because uh i tune out and then i'll tune back in and it'll be 20 minutes later and i'm like oh shit and i have to keep pressing skip back to uh try and get back to a point in the story that i remember and that will happen to me sometimes i'll realize oh I, i i've been distracted by something and i haven't actually been listening uh for the past few minutes and i'll go back but uh, as long as i am listening i will pay attention to everything that i'm I, i i'm listening to and it 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 won't feel like I'm skimming through the actual text, which I, I do find that I do when I'm reading a book. I'm trying not to do that. I'm I'm, I'm a bit conscious of it now that I've gone. Uh, this is the first one that I've uh, read and not audio booked in a while uh, hmm. because there's no audio book. Um, uh, and so it's a bit weird. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm very conscious now of, of skimming when it happens and I'm trying not to do it. Uh, listeners, you're listening to uh, Undiagnosed Adult ADHD, the podcast. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I genuinely don't think that that's my problem. <laughs> I, I genuinely think it might be mine. <laughs> oh, oh well, never mind. Let's uh, let's skip. Let's move on swiftly. Um, so um, uh, here's the point in the podcast where uh, we introduce the concept. And you know what? It's the final episode of the podcast. This is a sequential podcast. Go and listen to episode one. You'll have a great time. Uh, it, like, if, wait, sorry, I need to put a condition in that. Go and listen to episode one if this is the first episode of the podcast you're listening to. Like, don't yeah. go and listen to episode one now. Otherwise, we've sent them into a loop. Oh, yeah. With no escape clause. <laughs> well, I mean,. If they do that, they won't be missing that much because we don't have very much to talk about. Hang, hang on, if we if we force the listeners to go into a loop, that will drive the engagement metrics wild. That's great, and as we've explained, we only really care about the numbers. We don't care about how much fun you're having. Yeah, um, <laughs> this episode is sponsored by um, oh Squarespace. Come on, Squarespace, give us the money. Squarespace, I use it. I do. I, I actually do. Wow, I've I've never used it. I've heard it's very bad. It's quite good. 
You know, you can build a website with it. You can, you, you can uh, I, I use it to, to for my composing website. It, oh. it, it made it easy for me to make a make a web page. I don't know. I don't know whether it's better than suitable alternatives, but <laughs> do it I, was fine. Do I, wait, do I have to delete this section now in case they ever sponsor us? Um, <laughs> uh, no one. No one's I ever going to sponsor this. So we, we, we know that they'll sponsor anyone. Because, oh my, you, um, can't, you, you can't just say that's making it worse. They'll sponsor that you know they'll. What how many square how many, Squarespace? They'll sponsor anyone. How many things have you heard that have been sponsored by Squarespace? Basically everything, right? A- anything, anything that may have some conceivable reason for having a website. Yeah, um, Squarespace. You can build a website, and it's fairly painless. Talk to us, Squarespace. <laughs> Slide into our DMs. <laughs> um, and also bells. We've got some bells. Um, we explain a really complicated series of rules regarding them, and we rarely use them, so perhaps uh, they will be discontinued in Season 3. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we'll retire the bell. All no, we we, we can't we can't. They're they're one of the prime attractions. It's just that we never use them. So maybe we need to be more attentive in season three. The listeners tell us whether you care about the bells. Yeah, we'll we'll host we'll host we'll host a grand poll. I'm not fixing that. Holst is a word. Um, he um, wrote yeah. he wrote some songs about music and planets and stuff. I'm having a breakdown, Peter. <laughs> my tablets. Where are my tablets? He wrote some songs about music. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You say one thing about music with a composer in the room, and they're all like, well, actually. Don't well, fucking actually, hol- mu- music was invented a long time before holes. <laughs> don't don't holst-splain me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, anyway, with all of that stuff out of the way, it's time for the section of the podcast called Let's Not talk about the thing wherein i talk about something that's kind of related to the movie but maybe not specifically the movie itself did it that's the theme tune for that segment did it in the form of a song for reasons that i don't fully understand sorry i'm quite tired um all right we're just fully off the rails at this point yeah just completely. What you'll notice, um, and you'll notice this with the last uh, podcast that we did about the thing as well. Um, uh, we kind of start out meaning to have a, a pretty good conversation about the film, and and I think we mainly do have a good conversation about the film. But everything around that conversation just becomes increasingly <laughs> unhinged, like. Um, just a portrait of two <laughs> approaching middle-aged men just descending into <laughs> stupor. I might, I might make that the tagline of the podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna anyway. talk. I'm gonna talk to you about Dan O'Bannon. <laughs> All right, who or what is Dan O'Bannon? <laughs> Would he be a what? <clears throat> 
Daniel Thomas O'Bannon, born September 30, 1946, was an American film screenwriter, director, and visual effects supervisor, usually in the science fiction and horror genres. My favorites. O'Bannon wrote the screenplay for Alien, adapted from a story he wrote with Ronald Chusett. He also wrote and directed the cult horror comedy The Return of the Living Dead. He contributed computer animation to Star Wars and worked on cult classics such as Dark Star, Heavy Metal, and Total Recall. He had a lifelong fear of stick insects and cicadas from his upbringing in southern Missouri, and before Alien, Dan wrote They Bite, uh, a science fiction horror film where a cicada-like creature lived underground for millions of years and gradually picked off humans one by one. His wife referred to the script as Alien before Alien. Hmm. I mean, it's, I suppose, better to go with that than stick insects, which are <laughs> not very scary. <laughs> it's not It's not a scary now. Oh, do you think they're scary? I I wouldn't like a stick insect on me. I think I'd be okay with it as long as I knew it was there. I think what gets people about stick insects is the surprise aspect because they look like sticks. They do look like sticks. They move. It could call it they move. <laughs> but the thing about sticks is sticks aren't scary. No, that's true. And <laughs> what if it looked like a knife? Yeah, (laughs) knife insects. (laughs) Terrifying, especially if they're like bloody knives. Um, He was also inspired by a 1951 comic called Seeds of Jupiter, which starts with an orb landing on an aircraft carrier filled with seeds. The orb was filled with seeds, not the aircraft carrier. You know this. Why am I clarifying? One of the crew eats one of the seeds, and he gets very ill and dehydrated, his stomach swollen. And then when they take him in for surgery, his stomach bursts and an octopus-like alien pops out. I can't see how that has any bearing on this film. Um, I, I've, I've read uh, Seeds of Jupiter, and one of the things that's sort of delightful about it is um, it predates the discovery that Jupiter is a gas giant. Oh, okay. So, so they're like, yes, from, they, they come from the water-covered world of Jupiter. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm... Like where where <laughs> then I then I had to look it up and it's um about come it came out about ten years before they figured out that Jupiter is is a gas giant and doesn't have a like a rocky core with stuff on top of it. Hmm. His alien script also borrows heavily from it, the Terror from Beyond Space. I can't remember whether we mentioned this before in the podcast, did we? I don't remember. It's a 1958 sci-fi film where a second Mars mission arrives to pick up the sole survivor of the first. He has a story about an alien killing the crew that nobody believes, until the alien starts picking them off too, one by one. Uh, I quite like It, the terror from beyond space. Um, it's it's cheesy, but it's, it's still really entertaining to watch. And um, uh, my favourite bit is when they're shocked that exposing the alien to the ship's nuclear reactor doesn't hurt it because radiation really was the cause of and solution to all life's problems in 50s sci-fi. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dan Bannon had actually worked with John Carpenter, who we talked about in depth in our previous series, the director of The Thing, mm. uh, on a movie called Dark Star, which is in some ways a comedic version of Alien. Uh, the Alien, they didn't have the budget in that to do like a proper alien costume so the alien is basically a beach ball with flippers attached to the bottom of it. <laughs> it just sort of waddles around and Dan O'Bannon went off because he wanted to make his own more serious horror sci-fi movie uh, which would eventually become Alien 
He wrote the script in collaboration with his friend Ronald Chusett, who he was living with at the time, and it was originally titled Memory. Um, the script had a set of astronauts who receive a mysterious signal and land on a planet, and something on the planet makes them lose their memories. And with some reworking, that ended up being the alien movie that we know and love today. God, it must be great just to be living with someone. They're like, oh, how about we make this thing together? And then it's just hugely successful. <laughs> One of the most successful movies of all time. Yeah. Um, um, he actually suggested the whole, um, well, they were trying to figure out how the alien gets on board. And um, Shusip sort of famously said to him, um, I've got it. And he was like, what? The alien fucks him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which ended up eventually becoming the whole face hugger thing. So, Oh, they boy. To make it sexy. I don't, I don't quite get it, but they, they really did. <laughs> uh, it, it was the 70s, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, well, let's move into the meat of the podcast. I was hoping to get through the last episode without once again bringing up podcast meat, but I have, and I'm not going back, so suck it. (laughs) Yes, let's limp to the conclusion of this. Do you not think we'll have lots to talk about? Well, we're 40 minutes into the podcast already, and we haven't got to the content. Um, I mean, there's... Less than two minutes of actual film. <laughs> yeah. About ninety seconds of action, listeners. Strap yourselves in. We'll so I spent a while talking about the dentist because <laughs> yeah, we really had some dead air to fill. Yeah. Um. All right. So I asked you some questions last time because I don't know why, and you were like, "Who's infected?" And you were like, "Still the shuttle." And I'm like, "Is it? It's in the doorway now. You know, it's gonna." It's, it's, Half in, half out, like a cat, like a naughty cat. I think that it's still infected as long as it's within clinging range, which we know it is. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I I concur. Uh, what happens next? You said there's some scramble about the alien getting back on the ship. She has to release the grapple from the gun mechanism so the alien can fly off into space. Ripley gets into the pod and has a lovely sleep. With the cat. I remember saying it was with the cat. Uh, okay, yeah, sure. Um... So, uh, I mean, I'm uh, I'm okay with everything I said here, apart from I just made up a whole bit of yeah. action about the the cable and the grapple thing. And again, who dies next? The alien. Is the alien dead? Well, effectively. Unclear. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's, he's, he's doing a lot of wiggling, but um, is he actually dead? We don't know. Um, so... I've tallied up your score from all the previous episodes. Yeah, okay. Um, and the season stands uh, with uh, with me at one million points, mm. and you at seven points. Well, this is like a Sherlock Holmes type <laughs> scenario. <laughs> I solved the problem in only four steps. Uh- <laughs> There's a game called Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. We might have mentioned it. We've before. mentioned it before. Yeah, and and. <laughs> In it, you're playing. Uh, it's cooperative, and you're kind of playing against Sherlock Holmes, who always has an amazing score and takes like three turns to solve the whole thing. <laughs> well, I mean, he's uh, you know he's he's the world's greatest detective if you don't count Batman. Um, mm. 
Oh boy. Um, oh, sorry, I didn't really add up the scores because the scores are meaningless, and uh, yeah, no, we don't, we don't keep track of them. <laughs> I, I think you got seven in like the first episode. Listeners, go back and add up all the scores, and we'll, then we'll make fun of you. Yeah, tell me what score I got, and tell me what out of a possible it was as well. <laughs> how would they know that? The uh, the questions are all in my brain. Well, they know how many questions they were and how many I got right, right? Well, yeah, but they don't know how I'm scoring them. <laughs> you know what? I don't recommend you do this anymore. <laughs> and, and with that, it's time to start watching. That, that the phrasing you're going with for that? Um, I think we've used it before. I think we've used it before to the point that it's actually written in my notes as that. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, you just said it very weirdly. <laughs> oh, that's the read I'm using. Oh, yeah, yeah sure, why not? The, yeah, you're going with is fine. Okay, I'm yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're here, and we are going to be covering one hour and fifty-two minutes to one hour and fifty-six minutes of Alien. Just four minutes today. Um, this isn't a watch-along podcast, but you know what? Honestly, these are the last four minutes of the movie, so go nuts! Like, sync it up, watch the last four minutes with us. We'll talk about them for much longer than they go on for, and then you'll realize that you know you shouldn't have done this, and you know you'll think, "What a fool am I? What a fool am I?" <laughs> Should I stop okay. insulting the listeners constantly? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm only I'm only insulting a subset of the listeners, so that's I, fine. I feel like I've become increasingly hostile towards the listeners, and our numbers are going up. So we we no, we love you, listeners. We love you. Honestly, go and recruit one, perhaps two other people to listen to the podcast in its entirety. Um. <laughs> All right, uh, say the things that happen in in the film. I shall. The alien uses its tail to pull itself up into the engine fairing. We mentioned this last time, but it's uh, it's tailed on a bit of fishing line. You can't really see it. Yeah, so I didn't remember any of this. Yep. Ripley hits a button on the control panel, and the engine fires. The alien writhes. So, um, Peter, how do, how do you think they achieved this engine effect? Well, to me, it looks at least a little bit practical. Um, and my guess for how they achieved at least some of it, I don't know whether it's the whole effect, that there's probably something going on, maybe a little bit of painting going on as well. But I think at least some of it was achieved by dripping some water down and filming it from below. Yeah, well done. That is absolutely what's going on here. So, um, as we said last time, the rear of the ship is basically rotated by 90 degrees in the camera. So it's mm -hmm. it's at the top of the set facing downwards. Yeah. And uh, when the engines fire up, nine really powerful lights come on inside the engine yeah. fairing. And around them, water, high-pressure water is sprayed down to... And Ridley Scott describes it as a plasma engine, so it's like you know the uh, the emissions of the engine firing. When I was a child, I couldn't figure out how they did this, uh, but now I'm an adult and I did. Well, <laughs> These anecdotes, me. smarter <laughs> than child, you. I have I have grown as a person. Confirmed. 
Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's basically. It looks a little bit weird because uh, they filmed it with a spherical lens from below. Ah, okay. So that's that's what might be putting you off a little bit because uh, it made the effect look a little bit better. That's why, if you look at the ship, is slightly distorted. Right. Um, okay. Because it's been filmed through a spherical lens. Yeah, I could. Well, the, the one thing I couldn't tell is whether all of the kind of light part of it was just like powerful lights. Yeah. Or whether they'd kind of added some effect to that. No, no, it's it's all it's all in, it's all done in camera. So it's mm-hmm. um big lights in a big big fitting um with big water around it big i'm stuck on the word big help me peter synonyms synonyms large large excellent thank you okay good um ripley rushes back to peer out of the window of the airlock the roaring engine pushes the alien away into darkness yeah definite sense that it pro- even the alien cannot reapproach the ship now that's that's done yeah, he doesn't he he doesn't have thrusters like um Princess yeah. Leia. Yeah, this is stuntman uh Ray Scammell, who was also the stunt coordinator, being lowered down very quickly away in the in the alien shoots in the alien <laughs> nice. suit while wiggling his arms. <laughs> and it does look like the alien survived whatever was uh you know, all that heat from the plasma engines. So um maybe they will find him <laughs> drifting through space in the distant future. Yeah, I do feel like that's the sort of organism that can maybe go into some sort of extreme hibernation mode. Mm. Uh, they, they they confirm that in the Alien Extended Universe. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. I, yeah. But uh, it just seemed like the sort of thing they'd have. There's a... Um, um, th- there's, a there's a book, an alien book called On the Propagation of the Alien... And uh, one of the things is like the the bit from the end of Aliens where it gets pulled out into space. The queen gets pulled out in space. She goes into hibernation until she can, you know, make planet fall or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got to be. It's basically in the middle of nowhere, right? I mean, I suppose it's a bit close to that planet, mm. but I don't know how how that shuttle works. How close it would even be. Actually, it's not even close to that planet, is it? Because they've left that ages ago. Yeah, no, they're gone. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, they're not in orbit. Uh, so uh, I think space works that you just keep going in a straight line until you hit something, right? So Yeah. Basically, that alien is floating in space until it either dies or goes into a, what is probably just permanent hibernation. <laughs> or it intersects like the orbit of a popular puppy orphanage. <laughs> We're going to get alien Andromeda or something. <laughs> alien has drifted into another galaxy. <laughs> 10 billion years from now. Yeah. Um, Ripley breathes a sigh of relief in her spacesuit. Later, changed out of the spacesuit, she settles into a chair with the cat in her lap and records a broadcast. Uh, words of which final report of the commercial starship Nostromo, third officer reporting. The other members of the crew, Kane, Lambert, Parker, Brett, Ash, and Captain Dallas are dead. Cargo and ship destroyed. I should reach the frontier in about six weeks. With a little luck, the network will pick me up. This is Ripley, 
Last Survivor of the Nostromo. Signing off. And the ending the movie with a sort of broadcast along these lines um, sort of became like a trope for the subsequent movies. Like uh, in Aliens, they don't have a specific broadcast, but like you can see them all lying in their cryo tubes in exactly the same way that Alien ends. Yeah. And in Alien 3, you just get a few ghostly echoes of the original broadcast because Ripley's dead. Uh, right. So she she f- has failed to survive that movie. Um, spoilers. Um, but yeah, like I I think it's a very interesting thing. Uh, the broadcast because um, she's essentially just like f- sending out an SOS at this point. Yeah. Um, but also kind of summing up the movie in in a little in a few sentences. A very kind of emotionless read of it just kind of done with the whole thing well yeah the only thing is there there is a pause before she says ash's name yeah but she does list him as part of the crew so i guess she's like well i'll just deal with that shit when i'm back yes (laughs) um interestingly sigourney weaver re-recorded this dialogue for alien isolation um they use a a different version of it um and well there's this version, and um, well, we've talked about Alien Isolation before, but you play Ripley's daughter Amanda, and um, so there's an additional sort of addendum at the end, uh, specifically recorded for Amanda, sort of apologizing for not being there for her for her 11th birthday, um, and incidentally, any of her subsequent birthdays. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers. Yeah, but it's um, it's it's a really nice touch, and like uh, as a big alien fan slash nerd, when I, it plays over the introduction, the um, the recording, and I was like, this is different. Like I reckon, I like I've heard the recording at the end of Alien so much that I could tell it was a different one. Mm. <laughs> IGN recut a lot of the cutscenes from um. Alien Isolation together into sort of like a mini movie that summarizes the game okay. for, for Alien Day a few years ago. And um, they obviously couldn't get the rights to use the new Sigourney Weaver version because they just had a computer voice read, <laughs> read out the text. <laughs> Which was a little jarring, but like, you know, oh, what can you do? Ripley leans in and whispers, come on, cat, to Jonesy. We close in on Ripley in the cryosleep capsule, slowly zooming in on her restful face. And the credits roll. And that's it. That's it, Peter. That's the end of the movie. That's the end of the film. And uh, over the credits, we have um, uh, actually a very sort of traditional film scoring, especially compared Mm. to the other stuff that appears in the film. It's not a completely out there film score, but there's a bit of stuff going on. We know we talked about the 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 um the delay effects used on the flutes and things like that um and there's, there's a lot of strings in this one yeah and this almost feels like it it could be in some kind of it, it it's almost gone with the wind you know it's just it, mm. it it's it's a very sort of um pleasant and calm sort of theme that you don't really get um elsewhere in in the film but it feels um feels quite recognizable 
and you, it let it lets you know that this is the real ending of the movie, and everyone is safe now. The alien is defeated. Still got questions about that cat, but yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, Ridley Scott talks over the credits in the uh, director's commentary and ends by saying um, uh, that his previous experience working on um, commercials and with the duelists uh, meant that he knew that he needed to get the best people to work with him because he knows he can be pretty demanding, but also that he thinks he's easy to work with and is glad he still gets to make films. Mm. What did you think of the ending, Peter? Uh, I think... uh, uh... I think the film ends well. I, I as I say, uh, the beginning of the film is still my favorite part of it. The first hour or so, mm. um, the rest of it is enjoyable enough, but it, it's not really um, so special to me. Uh, and I think this is a satisfying way to cap it off. I think that I, I am, I'm engaged as we get to the end, and. Uh, it's nice to have that one last bit of tension before yeah. the very end. Uh, like Ridley Scott said, you know, it's sort of going to revolutionize the way movies are made. And it, it did. It did. Good on him. He, he he called it right that time. You do get that one last scare. Hmm. Uh, Template went. for everything, including Back to the Future. I don't know that I'd go that far, but there is that little bit at the end of Back to the Future, isn't there? Um. Uh, What's the scary thing at the end of Back to the Future? It's not a scary thing, but it's like the oh, comes it's back your in the kids, car Marty. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's something's, the equivalent. Something's gonna be done about your kids. That's not his voice. Although I suppose that in that situation, it's more like a fake cliffhanger. It <laughs> turned into a real cliffhanger when they decided to actually make <laughs> make a sequel. Yeah. Um. Da da da. Uh, I think before we move on, we should talk a little bit about the potential alternate endings considered for Alien, considered but ultimately never filmed and disregarded. Right. Yes, you did actually tease that these existed. Yeah. Tell me about them. So there are three that I know of that I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you in 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 ascending order of how much I like them. Okay. So um. We got number one. Uh, they considered an ending where after Ripley's asleep, you know, we get to this point, the face hugger crawls up on the outside of the cryo tube and the movie ends. Ooh. Ooh. So um, it's sort of implying that uh, well, I don't think it's supposed to be the same one that was a, that has died earlier in the movie. I think it's supposed to be like one of the new ones from where yeah. they were being made into eggs. Um, but, you know, uh, didn't didn't go with it. <laughs> yeah, and it would have been a, a cool moment, but on balance, I think g- give her a break. She's earned it. <laughs> uh, yeah, if if you think Ripley deserves a, a nice break, these endings are not going to be for you. Any of them. Yeah, uh, this is actually sort of similar to the start of Alien Three, where um, uh, Ripley and the other survivors of Aliens are in their cryo tubes, and uh, there's some dramatic cuts of face huggers getting into cryopods and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh the second ending on a similar vibe, um the movie ends as it does, like same thing, Ripley's in there, but like we get one final shot of the outside of the shuttle and uh, you can see there's an egg stuck there on the outside. All right. 
Okay, um, so less less immediate peril in that one, but uh, still, but she's she's still bringing it back to the human race. Um, yeah. uh, and um, and number three, my favorite, uh, Ripley gets almost to the same point as she does here. Right, mm-hmm. she shoots the alien in the chest, but it doesn't get thrown out of the door, and it comes for her, unstoppable, and it tears her head off. Wow, that's your favorite. <laughs> It, oh, hold it! Hold the phone. Uh, then it settles down in her chair, and in an impression of her voice, records the same distress message, and then climbs into the cryo sleep chamber, and the movie ends. What? <laughs> so, uh, so the alien just sits, rips her head off, sits down in the chair, and is like, "This is Ripley from the Nostromo." <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally not the alien. I'm I'm a real human. <laughs> Correct number of limbs and everything. You can count them. Only in silhouette, though. <laughs> okay, I like that ending just because it's nonsense. It's it's bonkers, isn't it? But I'm glad they didn't go with it. <laughs> so the story behind it is that Ridley Scott and Gordon Carroll suggested this ending uh, after they'd had several vodka martinis. Via like telex to LA. Wow. And the next day it wasn't well received. And they were like, yeah, fair enough. Okay, but no, we won't do it. It's fine. We won't do it. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I, I think if they'd gone with that, this film would have still done well, but its ending would have been just one of those infamous ending. Yeah, everyone would have been like, yeah, you can stop it one hour, 52 minutes in, and it's a yeah. much better film. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. I, can you imagine, though? I just... <laughs> <laughs> They're actually sort of going back and forth on whether it was going to be Ripley's voice or Dallas's voice that it, that it spoke in. Uh, but, <laughs> well, let's let's not spoil it. We've, we've enjoyed Alien. Um... <laughs> I'm glad they didn't go with any of those. It's kind of reassuring, though, to know that even when you're making something that is pretty well received overall, um, and you're a creator with some acknowledged skill, yeah, you still come up with some shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's allowed still. <laughs> Prometheus. <laughs> uh, sorry. Oh, I should stop ragging on about Prometheus, but I don't like it. Don't think it's a very good film. <laughs> but this was during the making of the the good one, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's like, true. That's true. Like, this, this could have been Alien. At this, at this point, the good ideas still outweigh the bad ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, funny, funny aside, briefly, um, Prometheus was trending on Twitter in the UK the other week. Um, because Ridley Scott had said um, that he didn't like superhero movies because they're bad films. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I and see. and the sheer volume of people replying, uh, Prometheus. Uh, <laughs> I, um, uh, <laughs> this is a slight digression, but I have a little bit of trouble with trending topics because sometimes they're just like, uh the trending topic is rip john and 
and you look because you're like, oh, maybe there's a famous person called John that's died. And some of the time it's just some uh, <laughs> football supporter that people like. Or sometimes it's like lots of different people Johns, yeah. John <laughs> have died and it's become so common that it's just trending now. Yeah, that's that, That's what happens when you get your news via the weird aggregate of like a billion people all just twittering on at the same time. Uh, I must admit that Tom Baker and David Attenborough get me every year because on their birthdays, people tweet at them, uh, happy birthday, Tom Baker, or happy birthday, David Attenborough. And so many of them do it that they move up into the trending. I'm like, oh God, they've died. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's always uh, it's always worrying when you see the trending <laughs> of a celebrity that you like, and then like people make it worse by like replying to it like, "Oh, I thought this was trending. <laughs> I thought they died. Yeah, this person was died. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, sometimes, sometimes you just suspect <laughs> that maybe, maybe the algorithms, maybe." They shouldn't rule our lives. <laughs> no, Peter. The algorithms are good for us. The algorithms bless our lives. Questioning the algorithm is not permitted. Speaking of the Questioning algorithm, the algorithm is not permitted. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the algorithm, what if you told a friend about this podcast? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, if, what if you told three friends about this podcast? Are we creating a pyramid podcast yeah. listening scheme yeah no no for every person that you get to listen to it they have to recruit two more yes jesus if we do that uh well this is like that you know grains of rice on a chessboard problem we'll oh, have yeah. like we'll have like eight billion listeners by next week yeah yeah come on listeners do your part it's, it's christmas this is this is a christmas present for us um get us get us trending somehow i don't know how that works Look, I'm not saying we're the most professional or best podcast in the world, but I am I saying am. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. I'm saying that you can listen to this and not die. <laughs> oh, it's so many excellent taglines for the podcast this week. Although statistically, if eight billion people listen to it, then yeah, will probably die. Was it like hundred and fifty thousand every day will die? Mm, yeah. Oh dear. Um, so I guess that's it. It's time to wrap up this bitch, <laughs> which I mean, end the podcast, by which I mean actually end the podcast. Because, like, there's been some confusion about this before when I said it's time to end the podcast, by which I meant it was the end of that episode, but it's actually the end of the episode and also the end of the series. Mm. But we'll be back with series three when we decide what movie we're doing. <laughs> yeah, so we should probably address this. At the moment, I, I think we had a pretty good idea when we did the Thing podcast that w if we did another one, uh, we might quite like to do Alien. It seemed like a natural progression. Because yeah. uh, it's the film that I also know the most about, so I can be lazy doing research. <laughs> yeah, and uh, with the next one, we're, we're not sure what, what's a good fit. There, there definitely are other films. I'm, I'm pretty sure there are other films, right? I, I'm, I can confirm that there are other films. Yeah. So there's definitely material out there with which to potentially make another series of this. We just don't know what it is yet. So there'll probably be a bit of a, a bit of a break. Um, we'll have a think and decide what, what feels good for the next one. Uh, and, and we'll come back with more. I feel like we should do Back to the Future and you do all the research. 
<laughs> but that means that I actually have to start putting effort into it. Yeah, I know, I know, right? <laughs> God. It's either that or we do Back to the Future and I just show you up every time, every episode, because I've done six hours of research. <laughs> You've done, you know more about it than I do. Um, would it be interesting, I mean, I, I suppose it would be no less interesting going into a film that we we both like and we're both pretty into. Mm. Um we have also discussed in the past, what if we did a film that we both actively dislike? What yeah. How would that go? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, we sure have brought up Prometheus a lot. Mm. <laughs> so uh, if, we, if we're going to get to Prometheus, naturally, we have to watch all of the other Alien movies first, right? That's uh... Well, uh, of course, that's another thing. We could just keep <laughs> on going through Alien movies, but we might like a change before we get through all of those, maybe. <laughs> I suspect we might. Uh, <coughs> but, so there's... There are a bunch of directions that we could go with this, and we will decide on one and get back to you. Yeah. Um, so I guess in ending this, um, I want to mention some of my sources, which you can absolutely go and raid for better, more detailed versions of the stuff we've been talking about, you know, regarding Alien much in much more depth than we ever got to. Mm. Uh, so I've been using the books Alien the Archive. Uh the Making of Alien by J.W. Rinsler and the Alien Explorations blog. And also, we've got a shout out to Typeset in the future because uh, their article on Alien is great. If I would say a little bit heavily biased towards what fonts they use. <laughs> well, <laughs> what are you doing listening to this podcast? Go and listen. None of those are podcasts. <laughs> let me let me try and phrase that in a way that makes any sense. Okay. Um, well, what are you doing listening to this podcast? Go and look at those things instead because they're apparently better. Buy buy two books and read two websites. Yes. Uh, oh, Typeset in the Future actually has a book which I bought because uh, I really like their stuff. Um, also, as we did last time with the thing, we really should thank everyone who worked together to make the movie Alien happen back in 1979 um, because, you know, they all had to come together to make it and if they hadn't, we wouldn't be talking about it now, would we? Yeah, uh, one of the things we mentioned last time, and is just as true here, is that one benefit, I think, of splitting it up into these eight-minute chunks and talking about them in detail is that you really just start to notice how much goes into these and right. how difficult actually the 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 craft of it is oh yeah, yeah. Well, well it's like it's like in the, the a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about the um the jonesy cat chair sequence where she, like he jumps out and scares her and they had to spend hours waiting for cats to fall asleep yeah. um, <laughs> it's unbelievable there, there's much more intricate effort going into this than we can kind of possibly even cover mm. in something like this and it uh really pulls that into focus in in a way that makes me appreciate the whole thing that much more and i mean i i guess we should end with mentioning the impact of alien a movie which would create a franchise that spun off five sequel films two prequels about a dozen games uncountable books and graphic novels and impacted the cultural zeitgeist in such a way that it's actually sort of like impossible to tell what the world would have been like without it I mean, uh, one of my first memories of Alien is that my brother had a five-foot-high poster of the Alien like it was bursting through a door, 
and I used to look at it all the time. I mean, like I was probably exposed to that was probably my first exposure to Alien before seeing the movie, like you know, as a child. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and just to slightly undermine what you just said, it really had very little impact on my youth. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we, we've we've established that that you um you emerged fully formed three years ago uh, from a pod that washed up on the shores of a Bolivian beach. Look, let's um, not do this. The, <laughs> the, the one thing that you've got on me is that. I haven't seen some films. I, <laughs> don't make me bring out my knife material again. We've moved on from no, knives. No, no, no. Before we recorded this podcast, he's like, oh, I just got to move this knife out of my bed. That That's the cardboard cutting knife. It's, it's safe. It's a safe knife to have. <laughs> just got to move it out of my bed to its regular place right next to the bed where I like to keep it. <laughs> I have to cut up a lot of boxes. I like. I'm not on trial here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I haven't seen some films, so I'm the weird one. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm going to edit this out. Okay, uh, <laughs> uh, listeners. Um, if you have any questions or comments, you can email us at podcast at eightminutemovies.co.uk. I mean, it's the end of the season. But we'll still surely read them. That's that rhyme. That sort of rhyme. Um, and I guess if you want to like hunt us down online to send us death threats or whatever, it's um, my my Twitter zone is uh, Kieran J Walsh on the Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. And you can get me at Kestrel Pie. That's Kestrel like the bird and pie like the irrational number three point. One four one, etc. Five nine, yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't see any kestrels this week, but then uh, also I didn't see any kestrels the preceding week. So, uh, <laughs> what a thing to end a season of a podcast on! Um, thank you for listening to us, listeners, and thank you for enjoying the movie Alien. And we hope you come back for season three. And if you could go and find four, perhaps five friends, and force them to listen to this, um, <laughs> we'd be grateful. Okay. Um, and thank you, Peter, my precious co-host. And thank you for giving us a lovely excuse to just have some nonsense conversations wrapped around <laughs> this premise yeah <laughs> all right and that brings us to the end of season two goodbye everybody goodbye goodbye goodbye, goodbye.